This is a CBC podcast. Hey guys, we just wanted to let you know that there's a description of violence in this episode. This, this is, is Mike Drop. Mike Drop? It's about us. Teens and our stories and what we've been through. What we are still going through. Without any adult interruptions. Testing. Testing. Mike will drop in five, okay. four, um, three, <laughs> two. Drop the mic. <laughs> I've never held the mic before, and this feels good, actually. Hi, I'm Aaliyah. I'm 13, and I am in grade eight. I am so... So excited and so happy to be in the very first episode of Mic Drop. I just want to let you guys know that this is a teen zone. Our age group, our generation in this one little space. Sometimes you will hear an adult and that is because a teen wanted them to be a part of this and just would know that they would understand. So this first episode is about who am I? That's a really, really big question. While I think about it for a while, let me pass the mic to Evans. Welcome to my tour. The tour of my kingdom. In other words, my room. So right here is my poster. The poster I read every single morning to inspire me. And I think that every sentence is related to a step in my life. And it says, be brave and wild at heart. Every moment has the potential to be amazing. Do what you love. Happiness is not a destination. It is a way of life. Boom. And right here, on my right, this wall is I'm Evans, and I'm 13. I'm actually a football player, class president. I'm part of a chess club. Uh, I'm a runner. I'm a basketball player. Um, I'm a nice, generous, and humble person. I'm an explorer. I'm the hero of this story. Oh, my story. Evan said sounded cocky. I'm not bad. Okay, sorry. Being the hero of the story is going towards your destiny. So it's so it's like like the poster in my room. It's be brave and wild at heart. So that means like you have to be brave and not hide behind insecurity and the obstacles. I've been through a lot, I believe. My last memory of my father is when he was in this immigration cell and I went to go say bye. I didn't necessarily know why, but he was, in fact, ordered to be deported to his country, Nigeria. I was four at the time and now I'm 13. It's been nine years and yeah. The fact that my dad is in a different continent, um, it could deep down make me like probably sad, but... I don't really necessarily let it define the person I'm going to become. But I also, it's also harder like financially, but we're getting stronger together. We're three in the house and um, if my father was there, it'd be great. But right now he's not actually there. So I'm trying to find opportunities to actually go see him, considering the fact that it's harder for him to come here. But I don't let the intentions and the stats that say a boy without his father is destined to live with sadness and problems. I don't listen to those stats and those stereotypes. I don't let people's intentions define the person I'm going to become. I'm going to prove them wrong. What composes me today is a lot of the hard moments like that I lived at school. So I remember in 
even kindergarten to like third and fourth grade, it was hard because I was energetic. I wanted to do a lot of stuff, but the teacher would always punish me. They labeled me as this troublemaker, but I was actually, I just wanted to explore. And I wanted to learn more than just like defined mathematics and science and French. I wanted to learn more about life, but they didn't get that. And they just saw stuff as numbers and letters. They didn't see stuff beyond that. So it was hard. Other times where it was hard because my father wasn't there, um, my mom really tried to bring a positive and good uh, role model, a uh, male role model in our house. But some of them weren't the ones that my mom expected. Some of them were just really taking my mom's effort for granted. One night I was sleeping and I woke up. I was hearing like disruptive sounds. I went in my mom's room to actually see my mom's boyfriend at the time choking her. He looked intoxicated, which means drunk. And my mom was like crying. So I, I, I called my mom and she tried to come and like hide what I was seeing. She didn't want me to like go in contact with uh, her boyfriend at the time. So while she was coming to get me, the guy pushed her and she, my mom fell against the corner of the bed, which hurt her a lot. During that night, we didn't sleep. My mom came in my room. At that time, I was seven years old, seven or eight years old. Um, yeah, that was one of the moments that probably shocked me a bit. On, right next to my desk, there's actually like a vision board. So it's the ways to stay focused and to stay happy at the same time. And like my schedules for the week, let's say Monday, I plan making muffins in the morning and get ready for school, go run outside. And on the right, names of people that are actually good source of help and good source of inspiration, my football and basketball coaches, my big brothers from the Big Brothers and Big Sister Association named Alex and um, my my mother they always told me even if they label you as something you have to you have to go beyond it you can't stay stuck in between those walls of reputation so so I had a mission in fifth grade to be a better person and I I started to have a lot of good marks um, that was where I started to have a lot of one hundred percent. Like, not to brag, but my record was like 1,700% in one semester. There's a concert? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a concert at Plaza Zara, and I want y'all to, to do something magic. Mm-hmm. Do what? Like the rock. The rock you prepare. Just do what we do. Ricardo is one of my mom's friends, and he actually became a really good model for us. We go do activities with him, but he's not like the adult that's going to supervise us. Like... We all, it's like a democracy. We all have the choice of going where we want, doing what we want. So it's like another friend of us. So we're five kids. One thing that we have in common is we all have the absence of our father, but that's not the main thing we have in our group. The main thing is actually our urge to explore together. Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. Only see the palm trees. We actually go climb mountains. We 
do a lot of activities. We dance in parking lots. We explore different restaurants, and we have good talks. Costa Rica, Costa Rica. Or in or, or Zimbabwe. I don't think about the fact that, oh, I, I'm sad because my dad has left. I mostly think about the ways I can bring him back or I can go see him. So it's never like me crying in my room because my dad is in a, on a different continent and we're separated. It's like, I mostly think, oh, soon, if I continue like this, I'll be probably be able to take a flight to Nigeria. I'll probably, um, one way or the other, find myself in Nigeria. Yeah, so that's what I believe. My big dream is to bring harmony to this world. Um, to be in the NBA and just to be happy. Hey guys, we just wanted to let you know that the violence Evans experienced happened a few years ago. He and his brother and their mom are all safe. But if you or someone you know is affected by a violent situation, you can contact Women Aware. They help women, men, and families find safety. That's Women Aware, 1-866-489-1110. 1-866-489-1110. There's also Kids Help Phone at 1-800-668-6868. They also have a free app you can download called Always There, or you can live chat with a counselor directly from their website. That's Kids Help Phone, 1-800-668-6868. Every call is anonymous and confidential. This is the first place I went, like in Canada, to get my hair cut, so. Important monument. Yeah. I don't want to stereotype, but a common look among like Chinese girls would be long straight hair. Like girls are supposed to have long hair, boys are supposed to have short hair. My name is Fiona, and I'm 17 years old. I've been playing violin since I was like six, and I picked up piano a few years ago. And I pretty much fit into that, you know, the perfect Chinese girl. Like, I fit into that image pretty well in the sense that I got pretty good grades and I listened to my parents and I listened to my teachers and I did my homework most of the time. <laughs> I had always thought about cutting my hair, but... I was always afraid of what people would say or think or what my parents would think. And during that time when I brought it up or I showed them pictures of people with shorter hair, you'd get a reaction that wouldn't be so kind. And I really didn't want to, you know, disappoint them. I was talking to my mom and to hear, like, all the hardship and everything she had to sacrifice. I didn't want to, I guess, disregard their efforts if I did something else that took me out of the norm and I didn't look like a typical like girl or woman and I cut my hair, then that would add an extra barrier and things would be even harder for me. 
to get to the places I wanted to go. My goal was to study hard at SATs and get into Wharton. <laughs> uh, I wanted to start a business and make a lot of money. My parents at the time were really supportive of that idea because obviously it ensured you know, financial stability. But I felt so much pressure. And at a certain point, it got crippling. Like, I didn't feel comfortable taking risks because of the expectation of, oh, you have to be great at everything. I felt like it'd be better to not do anything than to fail. Around April of last year, I went to the international round of this business competition, and which was in California. So it was a week away from, you know, everything, anything familiar. I felt kind of free and free to do what I wanted to do. I remember one point on the bus ride to the hotel when we just got off at, in LA. The air conditioning was really loud and most people were rather asleep or, you know, pointing at the beach or all the new palm trees, which we've never seen before. And I saw like a few lanes over, there was a young woman driving like a really cool car and like rocking out. And she had like the coolest haircut I've ever seen. And she was rocking out to her radio and yeah, she was just having a good time. And I just thought like, I gotta do that. We got to the hotel and then we had to do activities and I skipped one of the activities so I could go to a barber shop. I was really nervous, like I just kept going back and forth. But then um, the barber called us up, so. They used buzzers at first and to hear that like really close to my ear, there's so much tension. I just felt really antsy inside, but I saw my hair on the ground and I was looking in the mirror. It was almost like the person that like I wanted to look like was like being unveiled in front of me. At the end, just to run my hands through my hair and feel like it end like at my neck. It was amazing. I was really careful in showing my parents. So um, what I did was, I think we won top six of this business competition and we got medals for it and we took a lot of pictures, right? So at first I just sent them like 10 pictures of like medals and where we were and then included like one picture with me with the short hair. And I don't think they commented immediately on it, but when my mom picked me up from the airport she was kind of like, you cut your hair, what? How are you going to get married? And who's going to like someone that looks like you, right? You know, and they had to get used to it. But now, like, we're going to have normal conversations. They sometimes bring it up, but not to the extent that's like, you have to grow it back now. They're kind of, they're more lenient now, which is nice. I feel good. Yeah. Right, beautiful. Cool. I feel really at home when I like run my hands through my hair. I know that sounds kind of weird, but it just it helps me stay like with myself. I'm like, oh, there you are. 
who am I? When people know who they are, it surprises me. The first thought that comes to my head is, like, you're about to be 14, you already know who you are. It's like I laugh and I give them a look like, are you really sure? But I also think that's my jealousy talking because why do they know who they are and I don't? There's two different feelings I have. The feeling where I'm in school mode or I'm in friend mode. And then the feeling where I'm in sports mode. Like I'm in a fierce mode where nothing can intimidate me. I'm fierce. But honestly, deep down with my best friends, I'm annoying. I'm so annoying. I will tease you all the time. I'm super bubbly, funny, outgoing. But there is a side of me that can be a bit angry. Um, this morning, my mother asked me to empty the dishwasher and I said no. And once she said, you have to do it, I just started screaming. It's not a natural thing. Like, I mean, it's hormones. And I didn't mean to scream. But I feel like it's the hormones, it's the attitude, it's the high school. Everything just changes you. And if I think about it now, that like it's so disrespectful. It's not who I am. It's not who I want to be. And I'll use the excuse as it's my hormones. And it's like, well, that's not an excuse. Well, it's like, I don't know how to control them. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to tell you. I didn't mean what I said. I didn't mean to yell at my best friend. I didn't mean to storm out of class. I didn't mean to scream at my mother this morning. It's my hormones. And we're teenagers and we're growing up and we're learning things i'm still an immature five-year-old deep down inside like we're still figuring out who we are we still have daily struggles with our friends with our family like it's fine to not know who you are mic drop is produced in montreal by sherry okk and carrie haber Associate producer on the series is Jess Shane, with editing and mixing by Crystal Duhame. Look for CBC Mic Drop on Instagram and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also reach us by email at micdrop@cbc.ca. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.